Happy Holy Advent. Jesse Romero, Terry Barber, reporting for duty, sir. I've been Terry. reporting for duty early this morning with Father Charles Murr, now you, and then Bishop Strickland later in the afternoon. I'm too blessed to be stressed, too anointed to be disappointed, Jess. Jess, this show should be good because it should inspire our listeners. We've had many people text me and say, hey, and uh, can you guys give an answer to what the Holy Father put out when with the same-sex blessing from CDF? I mean, can we... Can you give us a, a what's what's going on here? We'll be happy to. We're gonna let Cardinal uh, Mueller and others speak. Bishop Strickland speak on it, and um, we actually have our good friend Father Frank Pavone joining us after this first segment to talk about it. So I think you're going to be inspired from our position, which is uh, a biblical worldview of this. That's not just Romero's opinion, or Terry Barber, or Father Frank Pavone. What has the Church always taught about things like this? And we'll get into that, Jesse. Uh, I'm glad this is, we got Christmas coming up this weekend. Uh, we got to prepare for the coming of Jesus. Mm. Uh, I want to just recommend something. Uh, Father, uh, Father Don Calloway sent me a book uh, with Father Peter Emard, a 30-day retreat on the Eucharist. Go to his website, wow. Father Don Calloway. Jesse, in all the years, it's one of the best books I've read in the last 30 years, probably the top 10 because it really inspired me to love Jesus more in the Eucharist and give me peace of soul. So I encourage our listeners to do that. We could all use that, Terry. Yep. All right, brother, what do you got going for the need-to-know file? Yeah, a couple things I want like to mention is, yep. first, uh, there's, a, there, there's an expert that says the First Amendment doesn't protect satanic idols. Good. So you have Andrea Bayer. She's a legal analyst for EWTN. Mm -hmm. She said the satanic temple display in the Iowa State Capitol building is not protected by the First Amendment. Mm. And according to Pisciotti Bayer, the display installed at the request of a prominent atheist group is not religious expression, but rather a mockery of religion. Also, Hallmark pushes LGBTQ agenda at Christmas time. Oh, no. And that was like one of the only good channels that was left. The Hallmark Channel has made it abundantly clear that the heart of TV will continue to push the LGBT envelope. Mm. This Christmas time, writes Suzanne Bodie. She said, unlike other companies who've reckoned with the shifting consumer tides, Hallmark has no plans to change course. And its refusal to read the room could cost it. Yeah, they need to get the Bud Light treatment. Also... Virginia Supreme Court sides with religious freedom. The Virginia Supreme Court on Thursday sided with a high school French teacher who was fired for refusing to use male pronouns to refer to a girl who said she was a boy. The teacher, Peter Vlaming, is a Christian. Surprise, surprise. Also, Mm -hmm. man beheads Satan's statue. A retired military officer destroyed a holiday satanic display at the Iowa State Capitol Thursday. He said, I saw this blasphemous statue and was outraged, said Michael Cassidy. My conscience is held captive to the word of God, Amen. not to bureaucratic decree, and so I acted. Wow. Cassidy turned himself into the police after toppling and beheading the idol. The satanic temple intends to press charges. Wow. But yeah, but they, they behead uh, statues of oh, Catholic churches all the time. Nothing happens, Terry. No yeah. crime. No crime. All right, well, let's bring some soul. Fla- fla- oh, last one. Wait, wait, wait. One more. Christians. Yeah. This doesn't surprise me because we, we mentioned this before, but here's an article from the Gateway Pundit. Yeah. Christians significantly more likely to donate to charities yeah. than non-Christians, according to a study. Yeah. In other words, there are people of faith <laughs> are more generous. Of 
people that are secular, they're tight wads. Yeah, me, myself, and I. I get yeah. it. That's it. All right, let's get some soul food in our souls, Jess. Bring it on. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Amen. Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 38. Yep. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was, uh, uh, was sent from God to a town of, of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, he said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at what was said and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call him, you shall name, name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. But Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I have no relations with a man? And the angel said to her in reply, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her, who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible for God. Mary said, Behold, on the handmaid of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This is the first joyful mystery, yep. the Annunciation. Yep. And so a couple things that jump out at me here. Uh, the first uh, few verses where it says, A virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph. The word betrothed means married in Hebrew. To a man named Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. This, if you cross-reference that with today's Old Testament reading, it's a prophecy that was fulfilled, spoken 700 years before by Isaiah the prophet, Isaiah 7, 14, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel. So today's gospel and the first reading, they cross-reference that and it was a prophecy fulfilled. Also, she's called full of grace. The only other person in the Bible that's called full of grace is Jesus in John chapter 1, verse 14. Nobody else is called full of grace other than Mary and Jesus. Also, says the Lord is with you. What does that mean? It means that she's, she lived in a state of perpetual sanctifying grace. When God is with you, you're in a state of grace. Yep. When you're separated from God, you're in a state of mortal sin. Mary lived in a perpetual state of sanctifying grace from the moment of her conception, and it's an ongoing status that will never change. Also, the angel says to Our Lady, do not be afraid. That verse is found over 300 times in the Bible. I think God is trying to tell us something. He's saying, yeah, I think he's saying, don't live by fear. Don't fear Fauci. Don't, don't fear the, the CCP. Uh, fear God who could destroy body and soul. Do not be afraid of men. Only fear God. Also, another verse that gives me a lot of uh, joy. Yeah. It says about Jesus Christ that the Son of the Most High, the Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father. And look at what it says about Jesus. And Jesus will rule over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. What does that mean? Jesus Christ's kingdom, which is a Catholic church here on earth and perfected in heaven. Guess what? No expiration date on his kingdom. It's going to last forever. Yeah. Satan's kingdom. Guess what? Expiration date. You got Where? It. Revelation chapter 20, verse 10. It says when Jesus comes back, he's going to smash Satan and send him to hell. He's going to send the, the false prophet and the beast to hell along with Satan. Their day is going to come to an end. Expiration date, Revelation 20, 2010. Also, it's, Our Lady says to the angel, 
How can this be since I have no relations with a man? The angel said to her in reply, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. All the fathers of the church, all of them, mm-hmm. say that the Blessed Virgin Mary, that indicates that she took a vow of perpetual virginity because she already had consigned in her heart and to God that she would never get married and be intimate with a man. And so this is a, this is a way of her saying to the angel Gabriel, how am I going to get pregnant? I already promised God as a child in the temple that I'm never going to be, get married and be intimate with a man. And finally... It's uh, at the end, it says, uh, behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord uh, may, may be done to me according to your word. Handmaid of the Lord. What does that mean? It means that the Blessed Virgin Mary received God's love, trusted in God's love and surrendered to God's love. Mary is the total package. Jesse, one quick note Monsignor gave us that I thought was insightful when you said the Blessed Mother ever virgin. When when women made these vows if they got married, they had 24 hours after they told their husband-to-be that they made a vow for virginity. A husband could say, okay, I accept that or I reject it. If he rejected it, no marriage. And that's the Jewish mm. tradition. I did not know that, Jess. I know. You just, I just, just, good stuff, Terry. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, well, Both. you know, that yeah. commentary you just gave was sweet and really inspirational. And we need inspiration. So let's Amen. let's get the smartest guy into the room right now, Archbishop Fulton Sheen. Oh, Sheen ahead. We're going to be talking about what Jess just said, truth. What is truth? Here's what Bishop Sheen said again. Modern man, that's less right now, has so long believed that right and wrong were only differences in the point of view that now when evil works itself out in practice, He's paralyzed to do anything against it. Can I just make my comment? Jesse, it's like Bishop Sheen was alive today. Right now, what do you think Fulton Sheen would say about blessing homosexual unions? I'll tell you what he would say. He said, you can't, be, you can't bless sin. He said, what's happened is the modern man, and we have it inside our church, believe that right and wrong were only differences of the point of view. See, we have to base it on objective truth. And this is kind of like me, a layman, telling prelates, dude, get over it. This is not just your opinion. We don't want that. We want to know what God's teachings are. And I think what Fulton Sheen's saying here again is we need to stop listening to the world and start listening to the Word of God. <laughs> Good stuff, Terry. Hey, uh, we're, in, we're in the season of Advent, but we're right around the corner from entering into the Christmas season the liturgical colors will change from, from, from purple to white, gold. Uh, and remember, that's a symbol of joy, purity, and innocence. The purest thing that ever happened on planet Earth was the birth of the Son of God. God became a man, the incarnation. Terry, something interesting. The two fathers of the church, St. Jerome and St. Bonaventure, said that when Jesus Christ was born, the moment he was born on planet Earth, all the known homosexuals died instantly. Unbelievable. I never heard that before. Those are two homilies. St. Jerome, doctor of the church. St. Bonavector, doctor of the church. Wow. Stay- when, when, when purity was born, all impurity died instantly at that moment. Stay with us. Father Frank Pavone will be with us when we come back from a short break. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome back to the Carrie and Jesse Show. Our good friend for decades, Father Frank Pavone, is with us. Father, thank you for joining the Terry and Jesse Show again. 
Well, Merry Christmas in advance, and uh, it's great to be with you both. Well, we're glad to have you aboard. Father, Father, every every time I see you, I just remember a psalm, I think it's Psalm 110. It goes, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Well, you know what? In the last year, and it's been a year already since this travesty uh, occurred, I have never in my life heard that verse quoted to me more frequently. (laughs) And, And it's been... It has been a consolation, really, to see how aware Catholics are Mm -hmm. of the teaching that the priesthood changes us ontologically, just like baptism does. You know, no matter how far you fall from the faith, one could become an atheist and a total apostate. uh, But if they repent, as you know, they don't get rebaptized. Uh, so a priest, likewise, would not have to get reordained when he's re- reinstated into the clerical state. And the other thing I point out to people, you know, some and, and uh, look, 98 percent of people and, and, you know, I'm traveling around as much as ever. Uh, 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 Terry, you and I were together at that great Divine Mercy okay. Conference just a, a few months ago. Sure. Uh, as I travel around, like 98 percent of people say to me, and it's almost like they're all reading off the same script, I will always call you father, I will always call you father. And 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 the thing about that too is this, that, you know, some smart Alex on social media, uh, you know, if they see somebody call me father, they'll say, oh, well, you know, no, it's not, that, that's not correct, that's not correct. And you know what I say to them? I say, look, you know, uh, the, the, um, uh, let's say I'm at one of these conferences, like I was just at a big conference uh, these last few days and out in Phoenix, uh, and there, there were no other priests there. Uh, it was more of a, of a political kind of conference. And and I'm looking around at all these people, and, and you know, what if somebody, God forbid, you know, had a medical emergency, and, mm-hmm. and they were dying, and they were a Catholic, and they say, hey, I, I, I want confession, I need a priest, I need a priest, and there's no priest around. Right. I would not only be empowered, I would be obliged to go to them, hear their confession, absolve them of their sins. And if there were a situation where a Catholic needed the Eucharist, uh, again, urgently, viaticum, and there was no other priest around, and there was the time and the opportunity to to say a Mass and consecrate the Eucharist, I still have the power to do that. And the Church recognizes the the, the right that I would have to do that. So it's like you can't return a priest— to quote a just like every other layman sort of position, it's 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 impossible. And uh, I'm just so grateful. Of course, the, the two of you uh, know this inside out, and and I'm so grateful to to so many other Catholics who have don't only know this, yeah. but now they're putting it into practice by by saying this to me so constantly and so frequently. So it's a blessing. It's a, an encouragement. Thank you, yep. Father. You, because you yeah, because me. when Jesus Christ looks at you right now, right. he sees a priest. He sees one of his priests. He's the high priest, and he sees you as one of his subordinate priests, despite what happens here on planet Earth with management. Jesse, yeah, that's right. That's it. Awesome. Father, thank you for that statement there, because that really helps us lay people to lift you up in prayer in a very powerful way. And I know you you appreciate everyone praying for you. Because that must oh, yeah. give you much solace and also hope in the church when you have meet to so many on-fire lay people who are really in love with Jesus Christ. Is that a fair statement? Oh, yes, yes. And then we recognize, too, that we have 
the apostolate of the laity. Yes. Um, and, and this has not this this has been more emphasized during our lifetimes than ever before. And uh, the call to holiness and the right to participate in the mission of the church. And by the way, you know, I I ought to send this to you. Um, uh, my my canonical advisor uh, over all these decades. I, I I mean I have a whole canonical team, <laughs> and unfortunately I've had to make more use of them than I ever yeah, thought right. I would. Mm. But 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 my main canonical advisor wrote a beautiful letter recently, um, clarifying that I Frank Pavone have not been excommunicated. Uh, I have not been deprived of my right to participate in the church's mission uh, in the way that any other layperson does, right. and. Um, and, and therefore, people should not feel, and my, my ministry has not been condemned. In other words, it, you know, people, Catholics, sometimes they wonder, and, and I'm so grateful to you uh, both that you, you know, you, 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 you urge people to support Priests for Life as they have done for decades. Yep. Um, some Catholics are confused and they say, oh, now that this happened to Father Frank, can we still support Priests for Life or be involved in Priests for Life? And the answer is, of course you can, because and, and nothing about the ministry has been uh, condemned or rejected. And, and you know, because the the thing I'm dealing with now is not any longer a canonical process like I've been dealing with for the last two decades, where there's a, you know, you, you have to go through a process and an appeal and there's documents and there's meetings and on and on and on. Um, that's all completed now. It went all the way up to the Pope. He did what he did. A, a future Pope can reverse it, of course. Um, but the bottom line is, you know what the battle is now for, tell for me, me? Tell me. Shunning. Ah. See, the idea that, oh, okay, and this is part of their plan. Yeah. Those that are opposed to us, those that are opposed to you, yeah. those that are opposed to Virgin Most Powerful Radio, this is, those that are opposed to Bishop Strickland, yeah. they all have this, they're all working out of the same playbook. Oh, yeah. Mm. And, and it's, that, it's that you take, here's, here's the playbook. You take a legit, first of all, it's, it's a, it, you go after a person in search of a crime. Yeah. In, in the proper system of justice, whether ecclesiastical or civil, you go after a crime in search of a person. Uh, but 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 you switch it over into a Marxist approach, and it's you go after a person in search of a crime. Show me who you don't like, yeah. and then let's treat him as if he committed a crime, right. and we'll make we'll make up some excuse as we go along. Yep. That's what they did to me. That's what they did to Bishop Strickland. That's, right. that's what they do in a Cardinal Burke. That's, that's right. what they do to any any number of people. Okay, so th th then they use a process which in itself is legitimate. The visitation. They did a visitation to me. They did a visitation to uh, Bishop Strickland. Yep. So they use a process which has its own legitimacy. But they, they're, they're weaponizing it, just oh, like yeah. we're seeing them do with the FBI, the Biden administration, weaponizing the FBI. And then once they've completed their sham kangaroo court process, <laughs> uh, they, 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 they issue their decisions. Ah, see, now, so-and-so, we have to deal with them, so we're going to take him out of the diocese, or we're going to kick him out of the priest. Okay. Once they've done that, the canonical processes are finished, but then starts the shunning. Yeah. But then starts the idea, that, oh, you see, he's a laicized priest, or he's a bishop that was removed, or yeah. he's the, not in favor with the Holy Father. Yeah. So therefore, we cannot associate with him. Don't communicate with him. Don't pay him any attention. Oh, yeah. Don't Shun cooperate him. with his projects. Don't it. donate to him. This is, this is not the behavior of a healthy church. No. This is the behavior of a cult. I agree. In a, wow. in, right? Well, in a yeah. cult. Yeah. Because think about yes. it, Paul, you don't criticize the authority. Nope. You don't get to do that. That's right. You don't say a word. If you do, you're shunned. Yep. You're, it's like you don't exist. Right. And that's what's happening right now. ComplicitClergy.com put out an article, 31 uh, bishops and some priests, you're on the list, 
have been canceled by the Holy Father. 31, and, and 32 is going to drop this week. Uh, there's a, a, a retired bishop in um, Argentina that's about to get, uh, he's about to get booted out as well. So there's a list. It tells you the diocese, the names of the bishops, priests, supposedly, you know, uh, well, it didn't even say what they did. It says what, when they were re- removed. And the fact is, you're right. In a cult father, you can't question the man on top. If you do, uh, you know, it's, it's lights out for you. And I'll tell you what they're trying to do to you and others. But you got resiliency because you're just a man of faith. You're like Job. You really, exactly. you're literally like Job right now. Yep. It's what, what, the le- what, the, what the Catholic woke left is doing right now to people like you and Strickland and Burke. It's called death by a thousand slashes. Yeah. Just, want, just want to keep striking little by little, and they just want to just weaken you and weaken you and pummel you. They're not sticking a sword in you. Ultimately, right. it's just death by a thousand slashes. Yeah. See, see, this is this is right, and that's why when people say, and by the way, at this big conference I was just at, we could talk about it a little bit if you want. It yeah, was I was gonna. Point, yeah, it, it was a turning point. Point, no, turning point. Yeah, right. Char- yeah. Charlie Kirk. So yeah. Charlie invited me, Charlie and I know each other, he invited me to come, uh, and he wanted me to share my story about yeah. being canceled in the church. Yeah. I was on a panel together with Coach Kennedy <laughs> of the of the of the famous Supreme Court case last year, yeah. who prayed on the ball field and right. got fired. So Kennedy, uh, Coach Kennedy and I were sitting there side by side sharing our stories. It was so it was an honor for me to, to be there with him. And um, but the people, they all get it, they all understand it. And I said to them in conclusion of this whole workshop that I gave, I said, Look, what's the best rebuke against those who cancel us? It's not to lash out. We don't have to hate anybody. We certainly don't abandon the church. By the way, this business about abandoning the church, I say to folks, don't let your enemy have that much power over you. Don't let them them deprive you of the most important thing in your life. You don't leave the church because somebody else doesn't like you or somebody else abused your authority. So why are you going to give them more authority? So you you look at them, you say, be gone. Don't you stop, stop harassing me. So, but that's another point. But the main point I made was this. What's the best rebuke against those who cancel us? It is our success. Yep. That's the rebuke. Mm. Yep. Um, people want to cancel Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Yep. The best rebuke is our listeners, they gather, they multiply. Every listener brings 10 more listeners. Every donor gets 10 more donors. And, and this thing grows beyond all, beyond all bounds. What's the best rebuke? Terry, you and I were just there. We had that Divine Mercy okay. Conference with Bishop Strickland. Yep. And, and, you, and we saw how the cancel culture was operating with sure. clergy, the diocese saying, oh, we don't want you, we don't want you, you can't do this. We showed them, didn't we? We, we ended up having it at a different venue. And yep. God bless the organizers of that. They have the same kind of courage. And, and we and we, well, we have like 1,100, 1,200 people showed up. And it's like the best rebuke is our success. So for me, like you said, uh, 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 Jesse, you know, the the thousand slashes, they can keep slashing all they want because for every slash that they give, 10 other people give the support, the encouragement, the donations, the the, the participation, the affirmation. And that's how we have to fight back because people can do that. It was a very positive spirit. You know, people don't have to criticize anybody. They just have to support the good work. That's the way forward. Father, I love this conversation. I'll tell you why. You have an attitude of gratitude. Yes, you sure do. And that's welcome just about everywhere. And we're dealing right now with a church that has kind of what I call scandalized us with some teachings, okay? Yes. And, you know, we know we got some African bishops out in Zambia. And they're pushing. Malawi. They're pushing they're, back. They're saying, yeah, we're pushing back. We're not going to follow. They're holding the line. We're going to go with the biblical worldview. Hallelujah. And yeah. And then we have uh, Bishop Strickland coming out and saying we need to resist this. 
And uh, people are complaining that, hey, how you know who who's he to say this? Bishop Snyder also, and, and another bishop right. from Kazakhstan. Yeah, and I got all another, kinds. Of, such a great guy. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah, and I got Cardinal um, uh, Mueller here. Mueller. Yeah, they're all. So here, here's the setting. Uh, we got a situation where the church, through the Congregation of the Doctor of Faith, um, with Pope Francis signing off, that they're going to bless homosexual unions. I wanted to set the stage for a little clip, and then I want to get your take on this. This is um, a show I did at 6 this morning with Father Charles Murr regarding Cardinal Gagnon. Cardinal Gagnon, for those who don't know who he is, uh, did the investigation on the Masons, Freemasons joining, uh, coming into the Catholic Church. Pope Paul VI asked him to do this three-year study. Father Murr was his secretary, so he walked with him. And Father Murr is going to tell us a little story of what he witnessed when a decadent nun who was living a double life, right? And she came up to Cardinal Gagnon and said, would you give me your blessing? Well, when we come back from the break, this is a teaser. You're going to be surprised on what the Cardinal did with the blessing. And I think his example is what we need to be doing today when priests are asked for a blessing homosexual unions. Here's the blessing you give them. Stay with us. You're going to be blown away when you hear what Cardinal Gagnon had to say about blessing a dissident nun. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Our good friend, Father Frank Pavone, is with us. I was asking him a question regarding the Holy Father's decision through the congregation to bless same-sex unions. And I asked Father Murr uh, that question, and he said, well, let me tell you a story about Cardinal Gagnon, a very holy cardinal. Uh, And so I'd like to ask Mr. Engineer to play the clip, and then Father Frank, give us your thoughts. You just reminded me of something that I haven't thought about in a long time. Okay. Cardinal Gagnon, yeah, I remember. Who, who did the who did the investigation of the Roman Curia? Yeah. You, you know, we've talked sure. about him a lot. Uh, he was he was uh, a, a dear and faithful friend of mine un, until death. Uh, there was a very wicked nun who asked him hypocritically for his blessing. Yeah. His bless and I was standing near wow. enough and he knew and he knew uh, the damage that she had done. Yeah. And he said he said may this ble-, he said first of all you may kneel down to receive the blessing Good. which she did. He said may this blessing serve to distance you from the flames of hell to which you are very close in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's true. So, I mean, there, there are a number of ways of giving a blessing. Right? Yes. <laughs> I never heard a blessing quite like that. Great and somebody point. said, that's impossible. He didn't say that. And I said, just a moment. I got him on the phone. Would you mind repeating <laughs> mind repeating your blessing to, to Sister So-and-so? He said, sure. I said this. And I was right. Wow. What a story. <laughs> No, but there are many ways of giving blessings, but you know what you do? You don't give a blessing. You don't give a blessing in these circumstances. Uh, you don't give a blessing to a union that's that's sinful. All right, Father Frank, that was done early this morning. That'll play next week on Virgin Most Powerful. But I think the good Cardinal really nailed it. And, and I just wanted to get your take on that. Well, that's right, because a blessing means you want to come closer to God. Mm -hmm. Now, it's the same thing with the Eucharist. Why does Paul say that uh, you would eat and drink condemnation 
upon yourself if you're not worthy. Same thing with a blessing. I mean, you're going to get closer to God. You're getting closer to the consuming fire. You're getting closer to the one uh, in whose presence no evil can come. Nothing impure will enter there, the book of Revelation says to us about, about the, the kingdom of heaven. Uh, so it's like if we go to, into the presence of God, then if we are holy or we're seeking holiness, we get lifted up and fulfilled. If we're still clinging to evil, we experience the purifying fire. And if we're really holding on to that evil, that purifying fire it, it becomes, becomes our condemnation. So it's the same God, but we've got to be careful if we approach it. I always tell people, you know, the Our Father is a dangerous prayer to say. Mm. Uh, and, and people say, well, what are you talking about? Well, because in it, we ask God to take us yes. as his example of forgiveness. Forgive us our trespasses, Lord, as we forgive those who trespass against us. So in other words, Lord, look at me and use me as an example. If I forgive generously and fully, well then, Lord, you forgive generously and fully. But if I hold back my forgiveness or take vengeance, well then, Lord, hold back your forgiveness from me. Now I bring that up to say, again, this the, the idea is you're trying to come close to God by saying that prayer or by asking for a blessing or by receiving the Eucharist. Don't try to come close to God unless you're ready to let him do to you what he wants to do, which is to change you into his image and likeness. You're made in his image and likeness, but that's the first step of the journey. We're called to be transformed from glory to glory, deeper and deeper into the image of Christ. When we start blessing sin or blessing even the appearance of sin, we are making a mockery of who God is. Amen. And this is this is Serious. this is bad news. Yeah. Jesse, your thought I think Father's preaching, man. I wish every pulpit would say that. Man, that's beautiful what you do. Yep. You love it. You know, here's 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 what I would say, Father, because there is a lot of Pope splainers out there. And they'll uh, right now the spin machine is going is, is going hundred miles an hour right now. And you have you have Catholics that are uh, making statements and saying, oh, they, you know, how wrong you guys are. You guys are misreading the text. They're saying, and here's what they'll say, the postplaners. It doesn't say anywhere in the document that uh, the Pope and Cardinal Fernandez are, are sanctioning the blessing of homosexual couples. It's They're asking for individuals to be blessed. Uh, but here's the problem. I, to me, I see it as a distinction without a difference. Why do I say that? Because here's the probably the scenario. You probably have a couple coming, two men coming to a priest asking for a blessing. First of all, we don't recognize that union. So even the word using couple and that document is problematic because we've never called two men holding hands and sodomizing each other a couple up until this magisterium. Now we're starting to use that term. So I'll use this magisterium. So two men go and ask a, a parish priest, uh, Father, we like to get a blessing, and he puts on his stole. They're holding hands, uh, and 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 according to the protocol, it's just the blessing of individual persons. Well, not so much because they're there together, holding hands. Maybe the priest should say, oh, "By the way, just like they say to people that are in in, in fornicating relationships, uh, yeah, I'll give you the absolution. Are you going to go back and move out? Are you going to tell right. your boyfriend to move out?" No, no, I'm going to go back. Father, I want a blessing and an absolution, but I'm going to go back and live with my boyfriend. Well, I can't give you the absolution. I can't give you the final blessing. 
Yeah. Well, it's a, it, you have the same situation here. They don't, in, they're, they're not intending to change their situation. What, what, what this is doing is essentially it's reinforcing their behavior because yeah. they're not going to say, ah, the ultimate spiritual authority in the world now recognizes us as a couple, the Catholic church, this, this sham, uh, you know, spontaneous blessing that priests are authorized to do now is going to reinforce the disordered behavior of homosexuals. It's not going to bring them to repentance. Your, your thoughts, Father? First of all, if they're asking his blessing for individuals, why don't they just come as individuals? Well said. You know, this reminds me of, of back in the days of Nellie Gray with the March for Life. I had to be a, a mediator between her and the pro-life alliance of gays and lesbians <laughs> who wanted to march in the March for Life. Okay, so the, what Nellie said was, any one of them or all of them are more than welcome to march in the March for Life if they want to give witness to the unborn and against abortion. But they come to march as pro-lifers. They don't come to march as gays and lesbians holding the flag. So listen, you want a blessing? Well, first of all, they should they should clarify, what are they asking for? Maybe asking a blessing. Don't just tell me you want a blessing. What do you want? Exactly. <laughs> What, 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 are you, what are you actually asking for? You're saying, are you trying to say, Lord, show me the truth about human sexuality? Lord, help me to abandon sin. Let me come closer to you. Get me out of the, the occasion of sin. But what are you asking? Or are you asking for a divine pat on the back? See, some people think that the purpose of God and religion, oh, God is going, just give me a pat on the back. Whatever I want to do, I can do. This is bad. Listen, let me say something. I'm glad you used the word Pope-splainers. Yeah. Because... The, 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 my 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 advice or my urging to all of them is: Would you please keep quiet? <laughs> just just stop. Just yeah. stop talking. Yeah. Stop talking. Because you're making fools out of yourselves. Let me explain why. <laughs> the faith is clear. It's been proclaimed to everybody for two thousand years. Nobody has to explain anything to us. <laughs> like Ricky Ricardo, huh? <laughs> the Pope doesn't have any more pages of the catechism than you and I have, okay. or that the, 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 the most common, ordinary, everyday, average parishioner has. And, and see, the point I'm making here is we're moving into a Gnosticism. We're moving into an, an idea that there's some elite group of theologians or cardinals or somebody in the church that has to explain to us the main reason. First of all, two things about this. Number one, it's contrary to the nature of the faith. Yep. To, 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 to say, uh, oh, well, let me tell you what he's really saying. The teacher of the faith should teach the faith. Yes. And, and it becomes clear because the believers actually already know it, but that they, they want to see you deepen them in it. And if they're coming away with all sorts of questions in their minds, not good. Secondly, the point here is that uh, let's take it more from a PR point of view or even from a political point of view. Uh, I don't mean partisan politics here. I mean political in the sense that, okay, the church is in the world and we want to attract people to us, not away from us. And, and this is a form of a form of politics, right? Well, in politics, when we advise candidates, you know what we tell them? Political campaigning is not about your position papers explaining the issues. It's about two things, sound bites mm -hmm. and snapshots. Yeah. That's it. It doesn't matter how well you can explain your position on the issue. Doesn't matter how well you can refute the position of your opponent. What most voters are being most influenced by are the snapshots 
and the sound bites. Let's get real here. But these Pope splainers are so naive yeah. about what's happening to the faithful. This is not some sterile laboratory or classroom of theology. Please, that's why I say to them, please, just I'll give you some tape. Put the tape over your mouth and keep <laughs> quiet. Because what, 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 what's going on here is, is that, that the faithful are looking at this and saying, well, we're leading people away from the faith. Exactly. They, 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 they think we're so naive that, oh, well, you can bless the man and the man standing in front of you. But, you know, just make sure it doesn't look like you're condoning sin or condoning their marriage. How in the world exactly do you do that? You, somebody's going to take a picture. I already saw the post of the, 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 the Father Martin there blessing the two men standing together holding hands. That's the whole thing right there. Yep. Don't give me nine pages of explanation. Don't give me theology. Don't give me any of this garbage. It's the snapshot. Yep. And they know full well that that's the political force and, and here's the final final point about this. Put it in the context. Again, this is not some sort of sterile theological laboratory. We're in a war. Amen. The teaching of the church on marriage, the teaching of the gospel on human sexuality and on the dignity of life ha is and has been for a long time under systematic attack. Are we oblivious to that? When the Pope does something like this, first of all, who, which side does he think he's helping? And secondly, how in the world do these Pope splainers think that uh, that this helps the war? We got to be engaged in the war. <laughs> Father Frank Pavone, we love you. I've got to tell you that, man. I'm just Father had a, I'm, Father just had a meltdown exactly. right now. I love it. <laughs> Stay with us, family. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin, most powerful radio. We'll be back in a moment. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. We are right. back. Go ahead, Jesse. <laughs> hey, Jess, before we come back, I just want to say one thing to Father Frank. I really was inspired listening to him today because he spoke from the heart. And I just want to confirm with one thing. That if we go back to 2,000 years of history, show me one pope or one saint that would agree with this papal teaching right now. There are none. So I think we're in good, uh, good standing to say that this is an anomaly, as Father Jerry Murray pointed out in one of his interviews. But just set the stage. Oh, before we do this, too, I want to... I, I'm going to be doing a show with Father Frank soon. We're going to schedule that for an hour long on pro-life. But, Father, just for those who are just tuning in saying, man, this is Father Frank Pavone, Priest for Life. What do you guys do, and how can people support you at the end of the year donations? Can you uh, share uh, a little bit thus, with that? Well, we are we are still uh, the largest uh, group that uh, is Catholic group mm -hmm. that um, has the exclusive focus of ending abortion. That's why our main website is called endabortion.us. Yeah. We're multifaceted. One of the beautiful things about us is that whether it's the political realm, uh, we've worked together on that, uh, whether it's the uh, uh, healing after abortion or helping pastors in the sure. churches or education. Sure. We deal with it all. We deal with every facet of pro-life work, not only nationally, but internationally. And um, so it, if you want to support a group that is has every aspect of the pro-life movement under its umbrella, and a team of great, great experts like uh, Alveda King and and Dr. Teresa Burke and Janet Morana and Silent No More, Rachel's Vineyard, the whole bit, the whole 
bundle of it, uh, then the place to go for an end of year donation, and again, I'm grateful for you mentioning that, is ProLifeGift.org. Very simply, ProLifeGift.org. And uh, we are, the battle is more intense than ever because of all these state battles that we're engaged. We are engaged in every single one of them. And people can be sure that their support is going to be well used for this battle. Excellent. Father, quick quick question. Many of our listeners are really um, overwhelmed by the announcement of the Holy See on this same-sex blessing. I've been encouraging people to pray and make reparation for this decision and to pray for the conversion of our church leaders that they will go back to the deposit of faith and the perennial teachings on sexual morality. I want to ask you, what advice would you give, you know, to Hoy Paloy, the Joe Sixpack who's listening and saying, my church, I mean, what's going on? How can we inspire them to stay focused on Jesus Christ? Uh, What the church has always taught, those are the six words that have to guide us. What the church has always taught is your treasure, that is your faith, and your faith doesn't come from the Pope. And, and, and this is an important clarification that the Catholics need when we're going through a time like this. We didn't need to make this clarification under St. John Paul II or, no. or even St. Paul VI, the church, the, 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 because we had saints. Uh, but, but right now, you know, we have to remind ourselves, your faith doesn't come from the Pope. Right. It, 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 he's, it, it comes from what has been handed down for 2,000 years. So take consolation in that. In other words, the other thing I would advise, sure. just for the sake of our our health yeah. and our sanity. Yeah. Say something. Yeah. Speak up. See, some people feel like, oh, well, the Pope is the Pope, so I can't say anything in contradiction to him. It's like, well, hold on just a second. See, here's where they put themselves in a dilemma. The Pope has put himself in a dilemma. And I don't know if anyone else has made this point yet. Yeah. But on the one hand, we know that we are all obliged to follow what is settled doctrine, That's church right. teaching, right? Yes. There is no compromise or disagreement about that. And when the Pope teaches as the head of the church on earth, uh, a doctrine that has always been held by the church, well, then no one can can speak against that or contradict that. However, what are they insisting about this blessing of same-sex uh, 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 couples? They're insisting that it's not a change in doctrine. Yeah. Now, you can't have it both ways. If you're insisting that it's not a matter of doctrine, then you cannot insist that we agree with it. Right? Yep, I agree with you. They've put themselves in a dilemma. It's like you get it. Don't don't say, oh, well, we're not changing the teaching, but you have to go along with what we just said. No, 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 you can't have it both ways. We have to go along with what you just said only if what you just said is a matter of doctrine. And if you're not changing the doctrine, guess what? I'm going to stick with the doctrine. Exactly. Exactly. Jesse, your thoughts? Father, here's what they did, and I've seen them do this for this 30 years. This is important years. what Jesse's going to say. You know, the Catholic left the, and, and the political left. Yeah. In, in this instance, the Catholic left, what they did is they went right up against the line as far as they can go. Terry, Terry, me saw Cardinal Mahoney do this. His entire for 30 years in Los Angeles diocese, they go right up to the line where they don't cross into descent or into error. They know how far to go, but you have to parse words because they write so ambiguous that it could be translated one way in continuity with the church's tradition, or it could be interpreted in a modernist view. And they've done this on purpose. This is what I see this document, Father, this is weaponized ambiguity. Amen. It was done intentionally. And what I, what I also see in this, in this document, which to, to me makes it dangerous, 
is the fact that even the the magisterium, this current magisterium, in 2021, they had a document that said that it, that you know same-sex marriages you know were illicit and that you could not bless uh, in in any way, shape, or form. It could not be approved by God. Yep. Yeah, this is in 2021 documents. So they've even departed from what they taught just two years ago. Is there an expiration date, Jesse, on this? Yeah, yeah. I mean, give me a break. Thank you, Jesse, for pointing that. Father, your your thoughts? Yeah, it's an important point, and you know, it reminds me of what I always advise people when they say, "Oh, I heard something from my pastor; it didn't sound like it was church teaching, or wasn't what I grew up with." Or I heard something from my bishop. Yeah. You know, we can very humbly and respectfully ask a very simple question: Father, where does that come from? Exactly, Bishop. Bishop, where does that come from? Holy Father, where, what is the source of that? Because again, all of us. Remember, I've said this on this program before, and it's worth repeating. Jesus himself said, my teaching is not my own. Wow. Powerful. Yeah, right? In John's gospel. And then when he spoke in the same gospel of John about the coming of the Holy Spirit, he said he will not speak on his own. He will receive from the Father what he passes on to you. He will receive it from me. So the point is, if the second and third persons of the Blessed Trinity don't teach their own teaching, but rather what they have received, how much more the rest of us, including the Pope? And then Paul to the Galatians. He said, if an angel from heaven appeared and preached a different gospel, you know, don't listen. Yep. Don't listen to that. In fact, let them be anathema. anathema. But he said, even if we, and this is the key, the key uh, a sign of a true teacher of the faith. Paul said, even if we should come back and teach you something different from the gospel that you've already received, do not listen to us. I want to hear the Pope say that. I want to hear the bishops say that. I want to hear every priest and every deacon say that. We have to say that. I say that. If I ever preach a gospel different from the one that's been handed on for 2,000 years, don't you dare listen to me. So, so the point is that every preacher of the gospel has to be able to say that. I don't hear that coming out at this point in time. I hear the opposite. Either you agree with me or you're going to be removed from your position in the church or thrown out of your apartment or, or, or exiled yeah. or kicked out of the priesthood. <laughs> well, I'll tell you who I hear it from, Bishop Joseph Strickland, right on the air. What he says to me is, don't correct me when I'm off the air. Do it on the air. There you go. So there's a sign of a true, you know, humble servant Humility. of the Lord. Yeah. Humility. We are, we, and even the Pope, you know, especially the Pope, because one of his titles exactly. reminds us of this truth. Vicar of Christ. Yes. Vicar is referential. It's pointing to Christ. Well said. The, 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 the bottom line for Catholics, we said before, you know, what do Catholics really believe about the Pope? Let me put it this way. We do not believe that you always have to agree with everything the Pope says. Right. What, we, what we believe is that the Pope has to accurately reflect everything that Christ says. That's the teaching about the authority of the Pope. He's a vicar of Christ. It's his duty to be faithful to what Jesus Christ teaches. It's not, and that's true for every bishop and every pastor, it's not our duty to agree with everything they say. Right. It's our duty to agree with everything that Christ says. Yeah. And, and there's a distinction there that's pretty important. To me, this is the white flag of surrender to, to, the, to the world, to the spirit of this age. Yep. Yes. Because, yeah, because all the mainstream media outlets are putting out, they're not parsing the document, like if you read no. it line by line. Nope. They're, 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 they're giving a general... Uh, a, a general overview. They're saying uh, ch- Catholic bites. Church now yeah. allows blessing of homosexual unions or That's marriages. Sound bites and sa- snapshots. Yeah. Sound bites. They're, they're and not snap- saying, "Oh, paragraph thirty-eight says this. Paragraph no. forty-one says this." They're it's not. Meaning- like, 
It's an overview. Catholic Church changes teachings. That's all people, and the average person, they just live by sound bites, bumper stickers. That's yep. all they listen yes. to. They're not going to read this document and sit down and say, oh, this is what, okay, it says it here. Oh, uh, just the individuals are blessed. They're not going to parse this document. This was done intentionally to obfuscate and to continue okay. promotion. And I'm going to tell you, Father, the, the Holy Father gave a gift to the Democrats with this because now when they run for elections in 2024 and a Catholic like myself says, hey, homosexual marriage, that's a non-negotiable issue. We can't cross the lines. We can't vote for you. They're going to say, hey, your Pope, uh, he's blessed our unions now. You can't use this as one of your non-negotiables to disqualify your vote for a Democrat. They're going to yeah. use that over us Mark in the 2024 words, yeah. election. Right. Watch. Right. And, 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 and uh, you know, you remember when the Pope gave that long uh, individual meeting with uh, James Martin? Of course. What do you think they talked about? It's a little bit clearer now, yeah. but they probably talked about Of course, of course. This is a direct result of this garbage going on. And you know what? When the full truth comes out, Democrats, Democrat leaders, and I would go so far as to say the Democrat Party in America had a key hand in making this happen. Yeah. Can I add, my work. I'd like to add one more thing to confirm mm -hmm. what Jesse said. I spoke with a homosexual man who's dying of AIDS who repented of his past sins. He lives a holy life now. He told me on the phone yesterday, I asked him, what did the homosexual community think of the pronouncement from the Holy See? They loved it. They said, now we're accepted. Our style of lifestyle is accepted in the Catholic Church. So whether you like it or not, that's the message that was given to them. Well, you know what? I, I responded to, a, to a, a post on social media that said, oh, this is a great step forward, right? Mm -hmm. And I said, this is not a great step forward for LGBTQA+, whatever, ABCD. This is the end of the line. Exactly. People are waking up, and this is the last straw. Well said. God, Father, that is awesome. Jess Romero, what state should we be living in, brother? Let's live clean, clean, pure lives in a state of sanctifying grace. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. Become holy or die trying. Remember, life is short. Eternity is forever. You get one shot to live for Jesus. Make it count. And the biggest gift you can give to Jesus Christ for his birthday is going to confession and receiving Holy Communion in the state of grace. What a great gift. Don't forget also, Our Lady of Fatima said this, souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Boy, we can do that, can't we all? Whether you're four years old or 104, set me up. And uh, Father Frank, thanks again for joining us from Priest for Life. God love you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Father. Take care. Thanks again for joining us. Take this program and send it to your friends and family. It's on vmpr.org website because this needs to be out to people to be informed and inspired. Fall deep in love with Jesus Christ. God bless you.